Welcome to the CSJ Podcast. I'm your host, C.S. Joseph. This is Season 31, Episode 6. How men can grow up to be better men. And quite frankly, men in Western society need to do some growing up or have a lot of growing up to do. Which is ultimately frustrating, but it's not like they have any fathers around to teach them. And even if they do have their fathers around... Those fathers are ultimately inept to teach them appropriately anyway. And that can be, again, really frustrating and terrible for the culture that we live in. I, for one, am really tired of the fact that there's basically no such thing as uh, masculinity within our culture. And as a result of that, people are unhappy. People are grossly unhappy all over the case, all over the place. What's up, Lorenzo? Nice to see you represent in the house tonight. Maybe you and I can get on a show in the near future. Glad to have you, bro. But anyway, so the last uh, five episodes, we've been talking about uh, masculinity, femininity, who's the masculine types, the most feminine of the types from a nature standpoint. We've been talking a little bit about nurture, how society affects both the genders, we talk about the gender equality myth, and those very unpopular or impopular topics. And uh, but this particular episode, we're going to be addressing men, and we're going to be addressing women specifically in the next episode. But uh, basically, men need to learn how to get uh, their shit together. So... There's a lot of reasons for this. Most people think that masculinity is actually completely defined by women, and it's not. I think that is a very dangerous uh, point of view, a very dangerous idea. The thing is, is that masculinity is defined by the masculine. It is not defined by the feminine, contrary to popular belief. So... While we can talk about the why, we need to talk about the how. Like, how to become masculine versus how to stay masculine. Because a lot of people, men especially, have no clue. They have no clue. I didn't have a clue. I didn't really have a clue until recently. In fact, I didn't even have a clue until after it already happened within myself. Which is really frustrating. It's extremely frustrating. And as a result of that, you know, a lot of people just kind of sweep this under the rug. Because like I had shared in a past video, masculinity is not exactly a safe topic, much less a topic that is taught or expected uh, within culture or within society. They just, it's just really not that important. So, I mean, that's an issue. But going back to what we had, we had discussed before, how does a man begin the process of becoming masculine? Well, they do that through the rite of passage. And the rite of passage is necessary. Basically, a man has a near-death experience that proves to them that no one is going to take care of them. Society ain't going to take care of them. Their family isn't going to take care of them. Uh, and as a result of experiencing the fact that no one else is going to take care of them except for themselves. Only at that moment do they become a man. 
because they realized at that moment that the only person in this entire world that will take care of them, that will save them, is their own self. This is one of the reasons why communism is extremely dangerous, and Karl Marx is fundamentally incorrect, because communism is the anti-masculine in every way, because it teaches, you know, you are your brother's keeper, you're responsible for everybody else's welfare, and supposedly everyone else is responsible for your welfare. The problem is, is that society as a whole has its own agenda, and because it controls male effort, it uh, will have absolutely nothing to do with supporting uh, people or individuals, because if it does, those individuals would end up gaining power and challenging the establishment and the system itself. Thus, the system will collapse. This is why the grand affiliative, also known as communism or communistic tendencies, is not anything that will actually help individuals or it will culturally teach men to not be masculine. It'll actually condition them to be more feminine. And it's not like those men are going to get laid. And this is why communistic countries oftentimes end up in a negative population growth because there's just a not there's just not enough masculinity. And only ten to twenty percent of the men in the total population are the only ones actually getting laid. Okay? So that's a problem, obviously. Because masculinity is not taught at a macro scale. But if masculinity was taught at a macro, macro scale, well, then the communism would have to end as we know it. it they, they cannot exist simultaneously. So, no, communism works for society. You have to look at it from a societal standpoint. You guys need to stop thinking everything in terms of male or female. You need to start thinking of everything in terms of male, female, or society. It's a three point of view. It's a triple constraint, like timeline, budget, and specifications are cheap, fast, or right. Stop talking about it in binaries. You're not going to be successful if you keep thinking about everything in terms of what's binary. It is the trifecta. You can't do it any other way. So you have that rite of passage, and you realize that no one else is going to save you. It's up to yourself. That is when a man becomes a man. That is when he is able to begin his journey uh, towards masculinity. I had that experience when I was 26, 27 years old. Uh, about that time, that's when uh, I was an arms dealer and manufacturer, uh, federal firearms licensee, class one and class seven license. I was building weapons out of a storage unit. Then I eventually had my own assembly line and was able to like had this awesome benchtop mill and had a couple of guys working for me, had this business with my cousin. He was awesome. And we ended up getting uh, this, uh, you know, this, this big room in this uh, building for us to like build stuff. We made a rudimentary oven. Like we literally took an actual oven that you cook food in and cut out the front, added to it so we could actually bake the guns and put on, uh, you know, like some coating material like Cerakote or gun coat on them, etc. And then we'd go out to the range and test them. It's fantastic. It was a great business until, you know, Obama basically put us out of business because put an embargo against Russia because they invaded Crimea for interesting reasons.
and I was out of business. Lost everything. Ended up homeless again for the third time in my life. And got a phone call randomly from someone down in California asking me to come down and help them work on their servers to create a virtual desktop environment uh, for a hospital conglomerate. I had absolutely zero experience and I had no idea what I was doing, but I accepted the job anyway, took what money I had because I was living out of my car at the time and then got a hotel room and I studied my ass off all night long on how to do this for this hospital because they are going to pay me some big money to do it. And I was desperate. And I did it. Not only did I do it, I put in some additional time for them and got them some additional documentation. One of their technicians quit. They offered me an engineering position at this job, starting off at $80,000. The most money I ever made. Because up until that point, I was making minimum wage. And had been making minimum wage until since I was 21 years old, even though I was a college grad with almost $2,000 a month in student loan payments. It's pretty hard. So I stared down these guys with their $80,000 offer, and I told them no. I told them, hell no. Not doing that for that little. I wanted 96000 Thing is, me getting 96000 would meant I would have been paid more than my boss. Uh, my former boss, Kevin, good man. Sorry for putting you in that precarious uh, predicament, sir. I apologize. Um, but I left. I refused. They called me, uh, or I think actually the CIO stopped me in the parking lot, or the director, one of the two. He was the director. He became the CIO later. Stopped me in the parking lot. And uh, at that point, he uh, offered me 85000 So I was like, okay, cool. I'll accept that. So, because I knew the uh, standard of living and the cost of living was really low in that area, right? So I handled it. I did it. I took the job. No real experience, but I knew I could read any documentation and ultimately figure it out because, like all IT engineers, I didn't take no for an answer, right? Didn't take no for an answer at all. So, based on that, it's really important that I follow through with that. And for the first time, I had gotten my own place because... My ex-wife was, I moved her in with her parents. And I was three hours away in the middle of nowhere, living in some rando apartment, trying to make ends meet. But I could, finally, for the first time. After dealing with many years of homelessness, after dealing with, you know, hunger and cold and drama in my life, the first time I actually was self-reliant. And I wasn't going to let anybody take that away from me. You know, it's kind of like, what happened, how you feel, you know, after you finally make it, and then all of a sudden the tax man is coming after your ass. That's how it feels. So I'm not really down for taxes or the like, because I think it's fundamentally evil, absolutely evil, when everything else in life in terms of finances is so variable, you know, 
it's just really, really evil, and it shouldn't, shouldn't really be a thing, really shouldn't, you know, makes me like Herman Cain's 999 plan, you know what I'm saying, which is kind of funny, honestly, but whatever, anyway, um, I've had a lot of desperation in my life, and I just had to learn that, you know, I'm the only one who's going to take care of myself. I had uh, I had a really bad attitude towards society. I had blamed everybody else, blamed my community, blamed my parents, blamed my family for my failures, for setting me up for failure. It's like my INTJ shadow would. I blamed everybody for all of that. And quite frankly, while it is technically true that a lot of that, if not the majority of that, is definitely not my fault, and I was set up for failure, who cares? Oh, well, because the reality of the situation is, is that while those things are not my fault, they are definitely my responsibility, especially since, you know, I'm a father and I'm responsible for many mouths to feed at the same time, especially in those days. I had two children at that time. My daughter was not even one years old yet, and it was rough. So that, in effect is my rite of passage, where I had to put everything on the line or lose it all. There's no way I was going to make ends meet on 80K a year. At 85, I would break even. So I went for it. I got it and put in a lot of extra overtime. I was able to break six figures for the first time as a 26-year-old. Nowadays, it's not exactly that special, but in those days, it was special. So, made it work, made it happen, and I finished out, you know, becoming an engineer, and then I moved on for a Russian software company and became an engineer for them. But I made it. I realized that I need to put myself above the tribe. And what I'm ashamed to admit, as much as I've been so judgmental towards my own father, is that there are times where I put tribe above self. I literally gave, while I was homeless, I saved up $5,000 and gave that $5,000 to a church instead of supporting my family. How fucked up is that, right? It's one of my worst decisions in my life and one of my biggest regrets in my life. But, you know, effie child, people can get, you know, taken advantage of, right? Yeah, I literally did that. And I don't blame my ex-wife for how she feels about me because I did that. At least, you know, I could talk to her about it today. And she's like, yeah, we were really young and dumb back then, weren't we? I'm like, huh. yeah, probably me more than you. Let's be straight in certain areas. So, you know, and that's, yeah, that kind of sucks. But it's also reality. It's also what happened. Yeah, and I'm pretty ashamed of it, pretty guilty over it. But at least now I'm in a better place. A lot better place because I had my rite of passage. But folks, putting self above the tribe and rite of passage, while those things are important, they're not the entire story. They're not the entire story. The other half of the story is that men, doesn't matter your type, doesn't matter if you're a crusader, wayfarer, philosopher, or um, Templar type. Every man still has to 
not only adhere to having the rite of passage and putting self above tribe in order to start the process of getting their masculinity, but how do they keep their masculinity? That's another thing. A lot of people understand. It's like, yeah, you know, you got to cut, you know, just like in fitness, cut the fat. You got to cut the boyhood away, right? You know, or you got you to gotta gain muscle, gain the masculinity, right? But what about maintenance? What about keeping what you've gained? What do men have to do to keep what they've made? You know, keep what they've gained in terms of their masculinity. What do they actually have to do? They have to do a lot. There's a concept from Toyota um, that was created. It's called the 5S system, also known as Kaizen, also known as Kanban, uh, which is more of the uh, agile DevOps um, terminology. But basically what it really means is continuous improvement. Continuous improvement. Men, I don't care if you have a woman in your life or not. I don't care if you're getting laid or not. I don't care what level in life you're at. It doesn't matter. You need to take responsibility for your own masculinity and understand that masculinity is not defined by the feminine. A woman does not get to decide if you're masculine or not. They get to decide if your flavor of masculinity is for them or not. So like, for example, I'm an ENTP, right? So what does my flavor of masculinity mean? Basically, if I'm not comfortable with doing it, I'm not doing it. If I disagree with you, I don't care if you're a woman, I'm going to tell you to your face that you're effing dumb or that you're incorrect or I will shame you if necessary because she is in my life, but I am not in her life. I am living my life the way I'm going to live it. She gets to make the decision if she wants to be in my life or not. And if she doesn't want to be in my life, that's on her. And if she decided to be in my life ahead of time and then all of a sudden changes her mind after the fact, that would make her an adulteress, right? That would make her a hoe. That would make her a promise breaker. That's not a really good woman, right? But the reality of the situation is, the reality of the situation is, is that regardless of a woman's presence or influence on your life, because you always have to remember, you as a man are not in her life. She is in your life. And that's how it is. Your life, your solar system, your picture frame, according to the red pill community. She is in your life. You are not in hers. But how do you, how do you maintain? How do you, how do you maintain any of these things? How do you do that? It comes down to continuous improvement. It doesn't matter if you have a woman in your life or not. It doesn't matter. Who cares if you have a woman in your life or not? Because as a man, what the cult of the mature masculine demands of men is continuous improvement. Are you better than you were the day before? Don't compare yourself to other people. You need to compare yourself to yourself and who you were the day before so that you could see where you're at now. This is something that I tell INJs especially, especially INFJ men out of all the types, because they all have this problem where they won't even, 
they 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 just they the NFJs they love comparing themselves to other people. Templars they love comparing themselves to other people when they just need to actually look at their own self and ask themselves, you know, am I better than I was the day before? And it's really hard for Templar types to do this because Templar types are so external that they like to blame other people for standards because they always want to be able to keep themselves in the safe zone by saying, oh, well, you make the rules, you made the standard, you said this, and that's what I did. Oh, you're not happy with that? even though they already knew ahead of time that that standard would fail. The Templars make me sick when you do that. I hate it. How about you guys like actually be good people and open your mouth? How about that? If you already know that the thing's going to fail, then why don't you open your mouth? Instead of using it as some stupid excuse for you to get away with bad behavior and give license to yourself for your bad behavior later. Yeah, that's effective, right? It's really annoying. So when Templars, for example, compare themselves to other people, they use other people as their boundary or as their marker or as their standard, instead of using their own behavior for a standard, which is something that they should do. Well, all men need to do this. I don't care if you're a crusader, philosopher, it doesn't matter. Like all these different quadras, you're still responsible. You still have to do it. You still have to take responsibility for meeting your own needs, for having personal standards, enforcing personal boundaries, and having personal goals. Doesn't matter if you have a woman in your life or not. It's not relevant. It's completely irrelevant. Just by virtue of you being a man, that is what is relevant. The cult of the mature masculine wants to make you a real man it also wants to keep you as a real man a masculine man and if you are not masculine it's because you're stagnant because you're not growing women they have this thing called hypergamy they're constantly seeking out alpha seed or beta need depending on where they're at in their life depending on the circumstances in their life always looking for an upgrade naturally the difference is is that if you as a man are not continuously improving Guess what? She's always going to be looking for an upgrade. But if you're in a state of continuous improvement after you've had your rite of passage and you've begun your path to masculinity and you've done these things, well, good on you. Very good on you. Awesome. Good on you. The difference is, is that you got to keep going. You got to keep building. Can you do that? Are you going to do that? Will you do that? Most people don't. Most people have their creature comforts. They got their Netflix. They don't need to be a business owner. They don't need to take up a new hobby. I took up a hobby recently. I started playing Magic the Gathering. And I keep winning tournament after tournament after tournament. Prizes are good. I took home a Goldspan Dragon recently. It's like a $40 card. It's pretty nice. So I got first prize at the last major tournament that I played. It was cool. You know, I'm reading books constantly. My goal is to eventually get to a point where I'm reading one book a week for the rest of my life. That would be nice. But I'm getting there. 
you know, I do martial arts multiple times a week. I'm on my own lifting program. I measure my food all the time. I know how to pay my bills. I do pay my bills. Either way, man, if you're not in a constant state of continuous improvement, even if you have your rite of passage, it's all a waste. It's all worthless. You have to be in a state of continuous improvement because it's as if you are living that rite of passage every single day. Every day. It's not good enough for you to just have your rite of passage that one day. It's not good enough. And then, oh, okay, yeah, I achieved it. Okay, great. And then just slink back into your hole or go back into your cave. That's not good enough either. It's your responsibility to make sure that you are living that rite of passage, that self above tribe, moment by moment by moment. That's all it is. That's what you have to do. You know, cults of the mature masculine will reject you if you don't. Even worse than that, the woman in your life or the women in your life will reject you too. Because they see you're just stagnant. They just see that you're fake. You could have all that rite of passage, all the, you know, all you want. But if you're not living it day to day, you're fake. You're not a real man. You don't even know what it means to be a man. You don't know what it means to be a masculine man at all. Because you are still submitting to the tribe. You are not submitting to yourself. And submitting to yourself is a decision that you have to make every single day. Just like women start out being solipsistic where they submit to themselves. But they have to learn how to submit to their man. Right? Tribe above self or self above tribe. Right? Who, you, who do you submit to? And you got to learn how to submit to yourself first. Take care of yourselves first. Now, it's kind of easy for FI user men when they hear that to do that because they're like, well, I already do that for myself. Yeah, but why do you do that? Do you do it because you're trying to please a woman or are you asking yourself, how does this woman please you? What's your mindset, right? What's your TE mindset? That's a problem. A lot of people don't get that. A lot of people don't understand that. They just ignore that. They just want to live in this bullshit society, you know, pay their taxes, not give a shit about the consequences of their actions. That's what they want to do. They want to pretend that the government's got their back. They want to pretend that the community's got their back. They want to pretend that the one cop for every 100,000 people in Sacramento got their back. No, no, they don't. Only you can rely on you. So learn how to submit to yourself first. Think about it. What self-respecting woman is going to submit to you if you can't even submit to yourself? She's only going to submit to a masculine man. What makes you think she's going to submit to you if you can't even do that to yourself? You're ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. So come on. Wake up. You need to be in a state of continuous improvement. 
if you're a wayfarer, you got to rack up those achievements. You got to make sure that you're in balance of rejecting people versus not rejecting people. You got to work on your status and your reputation regularly. If you're a philosopher, status and, re and reputation are important. But you got to make sure that you're putting an effort and you're putting an effort in the right thing, not just putting effort in anything and then being entitled because you put effort into something. No, you got to learn how to do it right the first time. Crusaders, you got to stop being loyal to just anyone. You got to stop dropping your pants, dropping your panties for anyone who just like wants you arbitrarily. You got to test people. You got to give to people who you should give to and not just give to just anybody. That's not how life works. And Templars, you need to like actually be honest instead of being hypocrites. That would be nice. Continuous improvement, folks. It's not good enough to attain or obtain a level of masculinity. You still have to maintain masculinity. And if you don't, well, you're going to lose out. You're going to lose everything. And it's not going to matter anymore. And then you're going to also be a bad example to your children, too. Like your father was a bad example to you. Do you know I know your father's a bad example to you? It's because you're watching me right here on this YouTube channel. Because typically, men, you got it all figured out. They don't need to watch me at all. Think about that for a second. Right? Think about that. Anyway, folks, that concludes Season 31, Episode 6. All you men just need to grow up. And you do it through continuous improvement. If you found this lecture useful, helpful, educational, enlightening, please subscribe to the channel. Also leave a comment below. I read all the comments. Also, leave a like while you're at it, and then hit the notification bell so you can figure out when I go live, because I'm just random about it. So, anyway, folks, thanks for watching.